Have your Bibles turned to Deuteronomy chapter 14. We're starting, we're really continuing a series that we began at the beginning of the year, and then we picked it back up in the middle of the year. Today, uh, we're going to finish the series. It's called Stewards. And we've been looking uh, over the course of this year how that God has called us to be stewards of the resources that he has put in our hand, uh, namely that we acknowledge that everything we have belongs to him and there is a response uh, that we're supposed to have with the resources he's put in our hands. We are supposed to take responsibility and seize the opportunity to demonstrate to God that we will be faithful in handling those resources. And today we're going to look at one aspect of being faithful in handling the resources of taking responsibility and seizing the opportunity that God has given us, and that is called the tithe. Uh, Now the tithe, uh, we first picked that up in the book of Genesis. It comes around again, especially in Leviticus and Numbers. Uh, Today we're going to look at a summary statement about the tithe in Deuteronomy chapter 14. Uh, It is also mentioned in the New Testament. The tithe is not merely an Old Testament concept, but it is also a New Testament principle and must be practiced according to the heart of the principle of the tithe. Now, many people get hung up on percentages. When we talk about the tithe, um, you need to understand that the tithe literally in Hebrew means one-tenth. I mean, that, the, the, the Hebrew term that you find for tithe literally means one-tenth. Um, but again, I don't think God's all enamored with percentages, although he picked that one. That one's a pretty important one. Uh, I do think he is supremely interested in our hearts and how we respond to the truth that God will reveal to us today through his word. A couple of things I need to say. First, uh, this message will sound very simple. Uh, And it will be very brief because I believe that if I give you this message and the messages that will happen over the next several weeks in short bursts, that they might be more palatable to you. Um, We're going to go through this series and at the end of this series on October the 18th, we're going to have a big harvest Sunday. What that means is at the end of the service on October the 18th, we're going to come down and we're going to bring our tithe and our offering in a way uh, that is unfamiliar to most Baptists, but in a way that is a reflection perhaps of something closer to what they did in the Old Testament. And so I'm going to ask you to join me and my family. We're going to pray beginning today. We're going to begin praying on if uh, uh, what we should bring on Harvest Sunday. Now, this will be for us, for our family, the tithe and then some, uh, because we're going to pray and we believe and uh, that God is going to uh, challenge us to seize uh, the opportunity of this Harvest Day to, to do something even more uh, in a demonstration and a celebration of what God has done for us Uh, For some of you, you have yet to begin to give, and so maybe that day or these days leading up to that day is an opportunity for you to begin to give, Uh, and the motivation to give, uh, hopefully you'll see in a few moments. Uh, Maybe you are already giving, but you haven't uh, reached that tithe 
aspect. And, and so maybe that's where God is leading you, that you uh, give, but, but on the 18th you give and then you reach up to the tithe. Others of you, you are at that tithe aspect. You're even giving above the tithe. You're giving your offering. And maybe God, like, uh, like our family, God's going to lead you to give abundantly above the tithe. Uh, and, and so whatever God leads you to give, uh, we're going to have a great celebration at the end of the service, and uh, hopefully, prayerfully, uh, that will help you uh, experience uh, what we're going to be looking at over the next several weeks, the positive side of it, okay? Now, Deuteronomy chapter 14, again, summary statements that Moses is making just before the children of Israel enter into the promised land. These are, uh, in some ways, his last will and testament. He's trying to help the children of Israel, before they enter the land of promise, to understand what God's expectations are for them. And the principle of the tithe is one of those expectations for God's people, not just then, but also today. And as we look in Deuteronomy chapter 14, we see that, that really what Moses is sharing and what we need to understand is that we celebrate God's provision when we tithe. We celebrate God's gracious provision when we tithe. A tithing ultimately is not a way for the church to get money. That is not the purpose of the tithe. Ultimately, the purpose of the tithe is for God's people to get together and celebrate what he has done for us. Ultimately and finally in the New Testament and for us as followers of Christ today on this side of the empty tomb, we are celebrating ultimately and finally the gracious provision of God in sending Jesus to die for sinners like you and me, uh, being raised from the dead to give us new life. We are celebrating the fact that uh, uh, inspired by the Spirit of God uh, who shaped our heart to see our need for Jesus the Savior, we by faith trusted what Jesus did on the cross as the finished work for our forgiveness. And we have trusted in his resurrection from the, from the dead as his uh, finished work of giving us new life and that we are new creatures in Christ, all because of God's gracious provision, that we are recipients of the Holy Spirit of God, that the Spirit of God resides within us so that when we open the word of God, we can rightly divide the word of truth individually. We can understand what God wants as we read God's word. And the Spirit of God will apply His truth to our hearts and challenge us toward obedience, toward a life in concert with God. So today, as we move forward in uh, this wonderful life that God has given us, if indeed you are a follower of Christ, we need to celebrate that life, and the tithe is one of the ways in which we celebrate. This is one of the ways in which we regularly celebrate. So as you look in Deuteronomy chapter 14, beginning of verse 22, you shall truly tithe all the increase of your grain that the field produces year by year. You'll eat before the Lord your God in the place where he chooses to make his name abide. Uh, the tithe of your grain and your wine and your oil of the firstborn of your herds and of your flocks that you may learn to fear the Lord your God always. If the journey's too long for you so that you're not able to carry the tithe or if the place where the Lord your God chooses to put his name is too far from you when the Lord your God has blessed you, then you shall exchange 
all these things in verse 23, the, the, the grain and the, the wine and the oil and the firstborn of your herds and flocks, you may exchange that for money um, and, uh, and take the money, bind the money uh, to your hand uh, and... and uh, I'm trying to find where, and verse 25, then you shall exchange all that stuff for money, take the money in your hand and go to the place which the Lord your God chooses. And you shall spend that money for whatever your heart desires, for oxen or sheep, for wine, similar drink, for whatever your heart desires, desires, and you shall eat there before the Lord your God and you shall rejoice you and your household. You shall not forsake the Levite who is within your gates, for he has no part nor inheritance with you. At the end of every third year, you shall bring out the tithe of your produce of that year and store it up within your gates. And the Levite, because he has no portion or inheritance with you, and the stranger and the fatherless and the widow who are within your gates may come and eat and be satisfied, that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hand which you do. Okay, so as we look at the, these verses, what's it telling us about the tithe? Well, the command is clear. You shall truly tithe. In the Hebrew language, that is a verb and an infinitive of the same verb attached together. Uh, the verb for tithe and the infinitive to tithe is attached together in one phrase. And in the Hebrew language, that's an emphatic statement. It's a command uh, that uh, there's no, there's no ushy-gushy uh, wiggle room in it. It is an emphatic statement. You shall truly tithe. As I've already said, tithe means 10%, one-tenth. Um, again, if you have problems with tithe, you think tithe is no longer a New Testament principle, that's okay. Just do give. You can be wrong, but that's okay. Just do give. And I'll, I'll leave that up to you and, and God. But, but tithe means 10%. And so uh, Moses says, this is the command. You're going to take a tenth of your increase of the grain and the herds and the flock and, the, and all that stuff, and you're going to tithe it unto the Lord. The good news is that when everybody comes and brings their tithe to the Lord at the place where he chooses, which is in this day and time, the church, not the parachurch, not, uh, not the TV church, but the local gathering of God's people of which you are a member, you come to this local gathering and you bring that uh, tithe and uh, everybody brings the tithe, but, but in, in Moses' day, here's what was going to happen. There was so much tithe that there was going to now be a meal provided, a celebration meal for everybody uh, to get together. So once a year, when all the tithe came in, then you would take a portion of the tithe that was given, create this big feast, and everybody would have a party celebrating what God would do. On the third year... What they would do is they would take all the tenth or the tithe and they would store it within the gates. Uh, they, they would store it in their community. They wouldn't go to Jerusalem. They would stay in their hometown. They would store it within the gates. And that tithe would then feed the priests uh, of that community as well as the fatherless and the widows and those who are poor and in need. So that's what the tithe was doing. And that was the process of the tithe. But the purpose of the tithe was to demonstrate a deeper dependence and a celebration for what God was doing. We look at the tithe as some burdensome tax. It's not a tax. It's an opportunity. It's a responsibility, but it's an opportunity 
to joyfully celebrate all that God has given us. All that God has done, the tithe is an opportunity to joyfully celebrate that. That's why Paul says that God loves a cheerful giver because that's someone whose heart has been touched by God's grace who understands that the tithe or the giving is not a drudgery, it's not paying a tax, but rather it's an opportunity to celebrate all that God has done for us. Well, as we look at the command and the process and the purpose, I really want us to dig down and see the result. And that's how we're going to end the message today. And you're saying, well, you just began. I know. Uh, This is how we're going to end the message today. We're going to look at the result. What happens when we tithe or when we give in a way that is in obedience to God? When we give in a way that's in obedience to God, we grow in our awe of God. We grow in our awe of God. After all, friends, as followers of Jesus, this is what we should be about every day. We should be about the, 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 the growth in our relationship with God, growing in our reverence of God, growing in our uh, awestruck wonder of God, growing in our praise of God, growing in, in our thankfulness and gratitude toward God. That's what uh, Moses is getting at in verse 23. He says, verse 23, and you shall... Eat before the Lord your God in the place where he chooses to make his name abide. You'll eat the tithe of your grain, your new wine, and your oil, firstborn of your herds and your flocks. Now, here is the purpose or the result. So that you may learn to fear the Lord your God always. The result or the purpose, depending on how you take it, uh, the, the, we tithe and the result is that we will learn to fear the Lord our God always. The more regularly we demonstrate our celebration of God's provision for our life financially through giving, the more we are in awe and grow in reverence of the God to whom we give. It is a principle, it is a process, and it's something that we miss when we don't give. Uh, There is growth in fearing the Lord. By the way, the reason we miss it when we don't give is because, and, and this is going to sound pretty harsh, but if we're not giving, we're living in disobedience to the God who has saved us through faith in Jesus Christ. And it's hard to grow in reverence to someone that we disrespect. I want you to get that. Now, I, I usually am a softball kind of guy. You know, I'm, I'm usually all smiles and hee-hee-hee and giggles and stuff. And, and I'm not today because this is hard stuff, but it's true stuff. We need to understand that when we fail to return to God, the portion that he has placed upon our heart to return to him, we're not just sticking it to the church. We are disrespecting God. The way we grow in awe of God is through reverent obedience to Him. Now, you might say, well, Eric, you have no business getting in my finances. You're right. I don't want to know a thing about your finances. I'm not, I'm not the tithe police, and you aren't either. 
But there is a more powerful accountant than Eric Thomas. It is the one who knows your heart and he knows your bank account. That is God himself. We need to live in reverent obedience to the God who has saved us. And we demonstrate that when we give in obedience. And the reason giving is so important there is because giving is, I mean, that's, that's so practical it hurts. But we give, and the result of that giving is that we grow in awe of God. Why? Because giving sometimes is, ra- is irrational. Giving sometimes doesn't make sense. Giving sometimes doesn't fit the financial future that we have on our portfolio. Sometimes giving is not something that makes sense, but it's something that God requires, commands, and desires from us. So the question is, will we live in faithful trust of a living God believing that he's the one who owns the cattle on a thousand hills, Psalm 50, believing that he is the one who hears our cry for help and answers, believing that he's the one that put all the money in our bank account anyway, believing that he is the one who did not spare his own son but willingly gave him up for us all, will he not freely with Jesus give us all good things, believing that God, who is the God who created heavens and the heavens and the earth, is the God who can take care of me even when it won't make sense. See, some of us, we need to live on the precipice of the tithe sometimes. That means we give when we don't really see how we can give. Some of us, we need to live on the precipice of that tithe because when we give and we don't see how we're going to give, then we declare to God, I'm trusting in you to take care of me. And that was the point. From the very beginning, that was the point. God, I celebrate my dependence on you. I celebrate your provision in my life. Malachi the prophet said, uh, quoting the words of God, God said, test me now in this. Bring in your tithe and test me now in this. If I will not open up heaven and give you more than you could ever imagine. That's what we do when we give. And it grows us in our awe of God. And secondly, we grow, in, uh, we grow more joyful as God's people. And look at verse 26. Verse 26, Moses said, you'll spend that money for whatever your heart desires. He's talking about the tithe money. And by the way, what he was saying, if you have too far to travel, you come to the end of the year, you got too many cows to take to Jerusalem. Here's what you can do. Sell your cows where you live, take the money in your hand, go to Jerusalem, and then buy all the stuff that you're going to sacrifice or give as a tithe. And it doesn't have to be cows that you sold. It could be anything on the menu as an offering unto the Lord, an offering of tithe unto the Lord. And so verse 26, he says, now you take that money and you spend that money for whatever your heart desires, oxen, sheep, wine, similar drink, for whatever your heart desires. You shall eat there before the Lord your God and you shall rejoice you and your household. This is where um, joy begins to creep in. 
You see, uh, God established this giving pattern and this giving principle called the tithe, not just so that we might grow in awe of him, but so that we might grow joyfully together as the people of God, so that we might celebrate what God has done together. You see, uh, the meal that they would have uh, was they would take all these tithes all the goats and the cows and the grain and the wine and the oil and all that stuff. They'd take it all, and then they would take off the top because they, uh, all that tenth would, would be more than anybody could eat in, in one setting or even for a week. So they would take all those tithes, and they would take off the top, and they would create this beautiful banquet so that, so that everybody then would sit around a table, and they would celebrate. They would say, look what God has done for us. See the bounty that he has provided. It was an opportunity for joyful celebration. Now, as we give, we're joining in the joyful celebration that others are experiencing as well. It's not just me experiencing it. It's joyfully celebrating what others are experiencing. Now, here's what I think we're missing at First Baptist Church Norfolk. What we're missing is the celebration. I mean, the community getting together to celebrate. We, we have the regular, regular giving, and you all have been so faithful, and I'm so excited about that. And you have the individual joy, but guys, we need to have the corporate joy. We need to have dinner on the grounds. We need to have a barn raising. See, really, that's part of what tithing is. When we give, we're uh, joining in this wonderful barn raising. Y'all know how barn raising went in community of days past? The whole community would get together. There's a family, maybe it's a newlywed couple, and they have new land, and, and they need a barn on their land. So, so the whole community, everybody in the community would get together, and they would take a day, and they would raise a barn. They would build a barn for this newlywed couple. And they would work from sunup to sunset. And, and, and while they're working and, 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 and striving, they would laugh and they would cry and they would have great time together. But then at the end of the barn raising, when all the work had been done, they would get together around a big banquet feast and they would celebrate the fact that what they had gotten there to do had been done. You know, one of the things that we need to have, and I'm praying about this, and if you have ideas, let me know. I'm, we need an annual barn-raising celebration Amen. where we get together and, and we spend. And by the way, it would cost fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 for us to have that celebration. That's, that's what it would cost. But you know what? I, I'm more convinced today than ever that it's worth it because we need to joyfully celebrate all that God has done for us. So just keep your eyes and ears peeled. We're going to have some celebrating going on. But really, it, 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 it unites us together when we joyfully celebrate God's provision. So when we give, we're, we're part of the barn, barn raising. When we don't give, we're not part of the barn raising. We might eat the food, but it doesn't have the same flavor as someone who was participating in the barn raising. Can I also say, and I'll just do this very quickly, uh, Moses makes great pains about talking about the place that God has chosen, the place that God has chosen. Friends, 
In our day and time, the place that God has chosen is the church. I have great respect for humanitarian works around the world. I have great respect for um, uh, Samaritan's Purse and and, uh, digging wells and and organizations that help you do that. I have great respect for uh, organizations like Focus on the Family. I have great respect for all of these organizations, but they are not the church. The church is the local gathering of God's people. The church in Thessalonica, the church in Ephesus, the church of Colossae. And while I do not say don't give to those organizations, I give to those organizations. I'm just saying the place that God has chosen is the church. And we, what? Because that's what builds community here. That's what helps us celebrate what God has done. All right? So we grow in our awe of God. We grow more joyful as God's people. And finally, um, we experience God's blessings. I don't want to give you the impression that if you name it and claim it, then God will do it. I'm not, I'm not giving that impression at all. But here's what I am saying. It's very clear that God has a system by which when you are obedient, he will bless. In fact, this whole um, section in the book of Deuteronomy, uh, Moses went to great pain to say, look, if you want to experience God's good in the land, then you better do what God wants. There is a pattern for our lives. Obey, God will bless. Obey, God will bless. Obey, God will bless. Now look at verse 29. Verse 29, he says, And the Levite, because he's no portion nor inheritance with you, and the stranger and the fatherless and the widow who are within your gates, they, they come and eat and be satisfied. Now here's the, the result or purpose clause. So that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hand which you do. When we tithe, we're being obedient to God. When we're being obedient to God, He will bless us. So many of us fail to experience and taste the goodness of God because we're being disobedient in this one area of our life. And that can change. My hope and prayer for each of us as followers of Jesus, is that we would experience the full measure of blessing from the hand of God. But to experience the full measure of blessing from the hand of God, we've got to give. We have to take responsibility as followers of Christ, and we have to seize every opportunity. When we give, we celebrate God's provision. Ultimately, we're celebrating the fact that he gave us Jesus who gave us life. But as we give and celebrate God's provision, we grow in our awe of him. We grow more joyful as God's people in the church, and we experience God's blessing. The question is, here's the question, now what are you going to do? Now what will you do? So I'm going to kind of step back, and I'm going to let you talk with the Father and let the Father talk with you.
so that you can decide what you need to do. See, my responsibility has just stopped. I've done what I'm supposed to do. That's the Lord calling. He got an iPhone 6S. He's testing it out. Oh, just to get your attention. Um, my responsibility stopped. I've, I've done my responsibility. Now it's between you and God. And it's, it's on you now. So what I want you to do is I want everybody to just bow your heads, close your eyes. And I know that you may, may be fearful of this whole idea of giving. And if so, just confess those fears to the Lord. Say, God, I, I just don't know. I, I, I don't know if I can do this. Talk to him about that. He'll talk to you, and he will deliver you out of all your fears. Confess your uncertainties to the Lord and say, you know, I, I look at, at my financials, and, and, and God, you know where I am. I just don't know what I can do. And, and, and God will give you clarity on how to proceed. Look, you don't have to answer to me. You have to answer to God. So right now, talk to him and allow him to direct you. Ask him, oh God, will you show me how you want me to give? And I will be faithful and committed to give the way you want me to. Right now, just talk to the Father. Now, Father, as you have spoken and as you will continue to speak to our hearts, may we be found faithful and obedient to you. And even as we leave this place today, help for us to leave with a commitment to be in awe of you, to grow in our fear of you always. May we be passionate to find joy in the giving that you've called us to do. May we celebrate our dependence upon you. Father, even now as you're speaking to our hearts, we desire to respond in a way that is pleasing to you. So, Father, during our time of worship and our closing, may we confess our need for you and also confess your provision for us. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.